what happens, just be very quiet. We have to curse, boy! At Fever Lake, it's been a long time since anything disrupted the quiet calm. It was the Sanders boy. He went up there one day on a bet, never came back. Staying at the Kendall place. Scary shit's been told about that place. Weird things happen every time someone goes up there. Until these six friends... We're going in. Should be open. ...came up for the weekend. There's no televisions, uh, there's no telephones, so I hope you guys don't freak out or anything. ...to get to know each other better. Open that. It's the perfect story. That's my term paper. Story about college kids getting killed. Unwind and relax. Thank you guys for coming down. All of you means a lot to me, appreciate it. But they are about to discover... I've had an unfortunate accident. Please, listen to me. Stick close to the house. One of their own... 48, 49, 50... Plans on helping the others rest. Ready or not, here I come. In peace. Open the door, game's over! Everyone is a suspect. Maybe have something to do with things that happen around here. Everyone is a target. Bitch. Please help me! You killed them. Now you want to kill me? At Fever Lake, Corey Haim, Bo Hopkins, and Mario Lopez. Welcome to Definitely First Blood. My name is Mitch. And I'm Christopher, and we are a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror movies from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, and sometimes today. Hello. Hello. Good morning. We're getting, like, pretty deep into uh, spooky season. We are. Getting closer and closer. It's really flying by. September seems like a blip. So far, and it's like what the seventeenth today. Yeah. So it's already almost over. It is <laughs> more I'm, than halfway there. I'm excited for October and all that it brings, like the second wave of COVID in Canada. Exactly, that's starting to happen. And pumpkin pie. Okay, mainly the pumpkin pie. Yeah, man. And how are you otherwise? I'm fine. Uh, unfortunately, we're getting into the season of seasonal affective disorder. And all of the bounties that it brings, including being dark when I wake up, which I hate. But oh, is it dark when you wake up? Yeah. I guess not pitch black, but like twilight. Yeah, man. We, I don't know. We haven't really watched anything. Uh, well, I have, I guess. You've been asleep. For the, for the sequel to The Babysitter? Yeah. Well, I yeah. explained it all to you. I think you fell asleep pretty much right away. Okay. So. Well, tell me about it then. Didn't like it. Yeah, by the sounds of it. Wasn't good, uh, like a five probably. And I don't think it helped that we watched the first one right before watching it either because the first one was 
very good. Yes. In, in comparison, especially. It's but a, yeah. It sounds like the second one made a lot of deviations. It did. It was very revisionist, mm-hmm. but um, not going to spoil anything. In case people haven't watched it yet, I would say you probably don't need to watch it. There you go. But the movie we watched today also wasn't very good. No, it wasn't. I've seen this movie multiple times before. Um, it's one of the movies that we rented when I was at my cottage ah. one time. Maybe from Blockbuster. It also might have been the time that we tried to go to um, Halloween Resurrection and they wouldn't let me in because I was oh, like a child. Rude. Yeah, but then we went and rented movies instead. This might have been that day. I'm not sure because I, I feel like I watched this at the same time I watched um, The Fear and The Fear 2, which I think we're talking about The Fear 2 this year for Halloween. Sounds great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So there is like a soft spot in my heart for it, <laughs> but it is really not, it's kind of nonsense, I would say. Uh, yes. I'll, it doesn't really make sense, it, any of it. it. It hits all the beats of a usual travel to one destination horror movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's very loosey-goosey. We are, of course, talking about, as you would know, having clicked on this, Fever Lake from 1997. Ooh, that lake. Its forehead's so hot. Directed by Ralph Portillo. Um, he did lots of softcore. Most notably, he did the slasher Bloody Murder, which we've watched. Okay. It's that like um, Friday the 13th ripoff that is charming in its own way. Oh, okay. The killer's name is like Trevor Morehouse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's also a producer. Um, recently, he did that Florence Pugh wrestling movie, Fighting With My Family. Oh. He was co-producer on that. Wow. I don't really know what that means um it was mixed up world we live in written by michael edwards with a story from jaylee bailey who also did a bunch of softcore stuff it stars lauren parker as sarah this was her last credit um prior to this she was former girlfriend in jerry Maguire. wow Corey haim mario lopez Mm -hmm. uh mary rachel foot as danielle she was in a few things in minor roles, but she went on to be a casting director. Hey, good for you. She did Deal or No Deal. So, you know, we have her to thank for Meghan Markle, probably. Whoa. Uh, she was also casting producer on Real Housewives of Orange County and Bud. She was the supervising casting producer for Bet on Your Baby. Oh, my God. She's also British nobility, it would seem, from a Google search. Bet on your baby? Yeah. Oh, I remember that. She's descended from barons. Can you imagine betting against your baby? No. Can you imagine betting against your baby and being right, and then your baby growing up to being a person seeing that? But also, I think that was like 2006, so they're like 14 now, probably, or 14 plus, depending on how old the babies in Bet on Your Baby were. Now that is the plot of a horror book. All of the babies on Bet on Your Baby get back together, and then there's like they get freakish superpowers, or they're killed <laughs> off one by one, or something. That sounds like one of the terrible audiobooks that I have been listening to at work. Oh, I yeah. can't even remember some of what they were because they were so bad. Oh, the last one was about a Jersey Devil, a family haunted by the Jersey Devil. Whoa, uh, where it uh, sexually assaulted the the patriarch's wife, yeah, who's now deceased. The mother of all of the children, and they go back to New Jersey to kill it once and for all. But it 
ate a bunch of toxic goo and it's been abducting women and having babies with them like the Sasquatch. It was a terrible, terrible book. I hated, hated it, hated it. And it was not good. Oh, good. Bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what were we talking about? Fever Lake. Yeah, I was just doing my cast rundown. Yes. I don't have to do it. <laughs> no, if... keep going. Okay. Uh, Bo Hopkins as the sheriff. Uh, he was in American Graffiti, The Wild Bunch, Dynasty, uh, Mathia Webb as Christy, Randy Jocelyn as Bobby. He was in Family Matters and some show called Phenom. Uh, Michael Wise as Clearwater Springs, uh, precursor to Clear Rivers from Final Destination, maybe. Uh, um, yeah, he's in a, a Native American documentary called We Are Still Here from 2007. And this was shot around Kenosha, Wisconsin, I guess. Okay. So jump into it, I guess. Sounds good to me. Did you notice that the opening credits were the Adams Family font? I did not. Very weird But choice. it did really sound like a Disney Channel original. The music in this movie was pretty bad. Uh, it was all-time awful. It was very, like, Disney Channel original it, Halloween movie. It was a parody of movie and uh, of music. Or like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? In movies like these, yeah. It was so awful. Like, the whole thing had the feeling of a TV movie, mm-hmm. but incoherent. start this movie in the past uh there's a storm going on windshield wipers on a car as it pulls up to a house and out comes dear old dad um Ooh, he's menacingly walking slowly and inside upstairs in this house there's a mother and son who are very scared Uh-oh. she gets her son all dressed up the dad turns on some swinging tunes you gotta she hides the boy in the attic and i mean there's a ladder going right up to the attic it's bolted to the wall uh, so it's pretty terrible hiding spot because mm-hmm. you would definitely check there immediately. But he doesn't even have to check there because this kid just like sticks doesn't, his head out. Doesn't listen to the last thing his mom says to him. But I guess if we're taking this at what the story sort of is, he wasn't really in control. It was like fated to be this way. Yeah. Anyway. So. Which really sucks. That was another thing they were really inconsistent with is that this was very obviously the 40s, and they try and make this look like it was Corey Haim's, like, childhood. Uh, it was so bizarre. Even though they are, like, the same people, I guess, but, like, yeah. They go over and over again, I guess. Like, yeah. maybe that's what it is, and maybe we're seeing the 40s or the original version, but it happened to him as well. But that's never spelled out. No. And you're exactly right. He's dressed like... Like an like orphan, the dad's car, and like the mom. It was very yeah, much white wall like tires. Bizarre. So she goes back downstairs and locks herself in the bedroom as the dad grabs this big old axe. And she can't. It's a chronic condition of women in these movies where they don't know how to open windows. They rip off The Shining mm-hmm. with this guy breaking the door down. Um, she starts to go outside, but then she slips, and instead of just letting herself slide. She, she holds on. Yeah, and he drags her inside and chops her up. And then the dad sees a kid in the attic, and he's like, we've got the curse, and then their eyes glow. Yeah, and then their eyes glow when they make eye contact with each other. 
So it's like a Borg hive mind sort of thing. We have to curse, boy! Can't escape it! Or is it a commentary on how uh, you have to break the chain of domestic violence? I mean, there was a lot of commentary in this movie. Uh, most of it very confusing. Such as? Uh, well, late at the end of the movie, there's like, and they let him out again. Yeah, that you was know? weird. Like where it was like saying, <laughs> it's, the, it's the damn justice system's fault that this all happened. Not the fact that there's a boiling core of evil in the middle of the lake <laughs> that everyone knows about, but refuses to move out of the town. Regardless, does it only kill people on this property? It seems that way. Maybe. Yes, because the house can't be burned down or touched by exactly. mortal hands. Okay. So after this opening scene, we cut to the future um, at a college. They're running track in slow motion mm -hmm. to really try and convince you that Corey Haim is a fast runner. Yes. Even <laughs> though for most of this movie, uh, he looks like he's seconds away from passing out. Exactly. Um, so his name is Albert. He's pals with Slater from Saved by the Bell. Um, he has a love interest who is allegedly a cheerleader, but the cheerleading outfits were mm. not that. Yeah. Uh, and that's Danielle. Very lackluster. It, she has no personality. No. Well, I guess none of them do. I guess I don't think that the acting was particularly bad in this movie. Some of it was. Some of it was, but some of it wasn't. Some people were very inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have very much to work with, I will say. Because, like, the first the first conversation we get is like, well, where do you want us to meet you? What are we going to do? Da -da -da. Right? Uh -huh. And you're sort of like, oh, you get thrown and into she kisses it. him. And he's like, thanks for the kiss. Ha-ha. So Corey Haim and Slater go into this, like, student dining area. I guess. Where they rendezvous with Sarah, who's, like, a nebbish girl at this point. Steve is wearing, like, an old lady's tracksuit. <laughs> like, the whole top and bottom with yeah. the abstract print. And Sarah's working on her crazy laptop. Yeah, it's like a first-gen Mac laptop. She's got to do a story for the paper because she wants to be editor, even yes. though she's just a freshman. And, and the editor is almost always a senior. But by the time she's a senior, she's going to be back on the East Coast. Yeah, and her professor says that she has a creative mind of a genius or whatever, uh -huh. and, and she could do it. So an interesting thing that I will give credit for, that's just like a throwaway line. The sheriff does say later at one point that uh, he knew that the family had, like, there was an aunt out east. Ah. So she and Corey Hamer are cousins. Ah. Oh, okay. I mean, that's way too deep for this movie, but yeah. it's clearly there. And they also didn't, like, drive it home. No, they really didn't. Which we usually get on movies for doing stuff like that. But it was honestly such, like... If we wouldn't have been taking notes, I would never have put it together. What a weird piece of subtlety to a movie that is otherwise... I mean, I guess it's like one of those pies that has a dollar baked into it. That was the <laughs> okay. dollar. That was the dollar. And the rest of the pie was... Huh? And for some reason, a tarantula's on her? Yeah, I think we're supposed to connect it to later when she sees the tarant like the tarantula is part of the ghost house. True. I thought maybe that was just to show her change. 
because she was oh, so scared of yes. the spider. But I guess Corrie does say that the spider must have liked her because of chemistry and people attract weird things yeah. all the time. So she's like attracting, attracting weird things. Like the lake demon monster yeah. smoke. And Slater <gasps> ushers it into a cup, kind of. Yeah, he tries spider. to get it in the cup, but the spider has no interest in going in the cup. It's crawling all over him. And then he's showing the quote-unquote spider in a cup to girls who... Scream and run away because icky. And they they can't handle it. They can't be in the same... Anywhere near it, they have to go outside. And he brings it outside and just chucks it, which would have killed it had Corey Haim not eat, like stomped on it. He's like staring down at it like like suspiciously, like, Ew. I know what you are, <laughs> you sick freak. So... Oh, and at this point, they also meet Bobby. Yeah. Like, they meet up with Bobby, who is the third guy. The sloppy character. The sloppy character. Yeah. So, Sarah goes to the locker room to meet with Danielle and Christy, and she overhears them talking about disliking her. Um, Why did you invite her? They also talk about how horny Bobby is and how dumb Christy is. She's not taking her things seriously. Her schooling. She's failing out of pretty much everything. Uh, of course. <laughs> and then... Sorry about the dog. She decided to wake up and bark. Yes, she heard a thing. Danielle talks about how she thinks Sarah thinks she's better than everyone. I guess predominantly because she's the only woman in this movie with brown hair. <laughs> well, she also has ambitions to be number one journalist. And also... Women's hate each other, and she's a she's a rich. Very important to remember: women hate each other. Yes, <laughs> and for good reason. So they're all stealing each other's boyfriends. They all embark to Fever Lake for the weekend in one of my favorite slasher movie sequences: uh, the driving to the place scene. It's, it's a must-have. So long. They are, of course, drinking and driving. Uh, so many of these movies have this as a plot element. Must mm-hmm. have been more common back in the day. They razz Shameful. Bobby for being a mama's boy. Because he has give to him call some his backstory. Um, and at Fever Lake, we get introduced to the sheriff, who is fishing with Clearwater Springs. Yes. Um, he was telling the sheriff he had a vision about the evil in the lake. And the evil's returning. Ah! Well, the sheriff doesn't want to hear all these folktales. Not at all. Gonna scare the townsfolk. And don't you go telling it. You're just doing this for attention and whatnot. So Clearwater says that once the evil leaves the lake, it can go anywhere, so they can't ignore it. It doesn't come back. That doesn't come back. Or like, oh, it it can possess anything and anyone. And then he directly uh, like contradicts himself at the end. Yes. It was just very frustrating because he doesn't doesn't really possess anything other than these people, like these specific people. There's animals that it allegedly, but they're are they real? I think they're I think they're spirit spirit animals because yeah. when they're attacking you don't the see person, them. you don't see it exactly. Which could have honestly just been a budget thing. They were like, well, you know, it's a spirit. I couldn't decide one way or the other, and I was debating that <laughs> very strongly. Uh, but I'm gonna say it's both probably. And Albert. Tells the other two that the lake got its name from the indigenous people mm-hmm. because of an evil spirit that lives on the lake. Yeah. Uh oh. While the girls are driving, Sarah thinks she sees a boy standing on the side of the road, but it's 
just a hallucination or something. Like Oliver-style <laughs> orphan. Like, please, sir, got big buttons on me. My, my coat's made of an old potato sack. The sheriff uh, sees the guy speeding, and he pulls him over to give him, like, a, I better not catch you getting into yeah. any trouble. This is a quiet town. Why don't you go over there to where the cabins are? No, we're staying at our friend's house, Yeah, the sir. old Kendall place. Ah, uh, I couldn't catch it. It's supposed to be a big wreck. But it's totally fine. Yeah, there's just Still a bunch of working fur- electricity. Just a bunch of furniture ghosts in there, which are is when they put the chair under a sheet. And he just lets them go, and they finally get to Fever Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girls stop at this diner, and they get American Werewolfed. Yeah, where everybody stares at them until the waitress Lila brings them to a table. Yeah, and they get uh, iced tea, which they don't drink teas. because. <laughs> Lila freaks them out too much. And Danielle points out the obvious and tells them that these guys are super creepy. It wasn't really Lila who scared them. It was just everyone staring at them. But she's like, oh, you can't stay there. Not after what? <gasps> and then the diner owner stops yeah, her. Yeah, Marge is yeah. like, I don't pay you to talk to my patrons. <laughs> <laughs> but while they're out at the car, um, Lila comes out and she talks to them and she starts to tell them all about the lake. Uh in whispers there's like yes. an evil spirit who lives in the lake and even when the lake is frozen there's a hot spot in the middle with the mist coming out of it that's the spirit everybody's clothes are also enormous yes they were all wearing the biggest clothes although except for sarah some fits in this from the dudes in the later scenes okay I was like, what this ones is like did you really like Corey haim and mario lopez's like norm core looks okay yeah I guess I didn't pay too much attention to that. I don't blame you. The sheriff rolls into the cop station and he's feeling awful bothered about them going up to that place. Something just doesn't seem right. <laughs> no one's been up there for years. Wasn't there an ant or something? And then while Lila is walking home, we see she's getting followed by a spirit wolf. Uh-oh. Um, the group finally gets to the house, and they all go in, and they start looking around, as you do. Um, Danielle is particularly taken with the sunset, and she's oh. crushing so hard on Albert. He's so cute. But he's so awkward. That's what I like about yeah. him. Sarah starts writing her story weekend at Fever Lake. Well, and I love that she's always, quote unquote, writing the story. But she doesn't type anything. To me, it seems like she's just staring at weekend at Fever Lake underlined, like the main, the title page. Well, I could see that as being part of it, right? She's like the shining Mm, in where she's not really working on anything. It's all up here and I'm tapping my head. Yeah. Perfect. Uh... And then what happens? Sarah, like, hears a noise and she goes outside to see. Well, she finds a room full of animal furs. Yeah, and she starts screaming. For some reason. Ah! <laughs> but don't worry, because uh, Albert's here to explain, we do things differently up here. <laughs> and those animals were eaten by hungry people. So it's cool. Do people eat fox? I don't I thought it was just a game so. hunting for foxes I've and never, furs. I'm we'll, not sure. We'll have to look it up. Clearwater is watching them the whole time, dramatically from outside with a gentle breeze blowing his hair. Yep. 
Uh-oh. But they're all just going to go to sleep early and start earlier in the morning. Come on, guys. Even though we brought all this, I guess that's the thing. They were drinking all afternoon. True. So they're probably like, oh, so sleepy. Steam and night smoke starts building up around the town. Uh-oh. Lila starts having terrible dreams of the boy with the glowing eyes. Uh, we get some tracking shots of the house uh, going through. Long tracking like, up shots. Up the stairs. Sarah is still awake. And we see somebody or something type on her computer. Terror weekend at Fever Lake. Whoa, that's so spooky and creepy. And Albert is also awake. So these two are hearing the calls of the evil spirit of the lake, I guess. It's boiling their brains. And the next day, Lila goes into the fishing store to ask the owner about her dreams and about the lake. Um, Even though there's no reason to be like, oh. It also, why this is the first time in her entire life that she has decided to acquire about this. Yes, the dreams that everyone seems to have in this town. He also almost exclusively calls her girl, which I hated. Me too. And she does like a weird, this is the some of the worst acting in this movie, where she's like, can you tell me why everyone in the town has the same dream? I thought it only happened once. Well, girl, no one will tell you. Truth is... It happened the first time around, oh, late 40s. And 15 or so years ago, the same exact thing happened again. And you know what? They all looked alike. It looked like the same people all over again. Well, it was left of them anyway. How could they all look the same? How could it happen twice? Do you believe in the supernatural? In evil? Do you believe in evil? You bet. But it's not just twice. It was the Sanders boy. He went up there one day on a bet. Never came back. The Indian says the evil spirit of the lake got him. Yep, just swallowed him up. The Indians have always known about the evil spirit of the lake. And what about a small boy? Was there ever a small boy? How did you know about the boy? A small boy has always survived the killings. Way back when I was just starting the story. But... Now, what are you filling Lila's head with? Tall tale? I was just asking some questions to Mr. Martin about the lake. Well, she's a local, and I think she was trying to disguise her Wisconsin accent uh, as I best see. she could. Okay. Because there were a few times where she definitely had her Wisconsin accent. That makes sense then. <laughs> There were other times where she was like very natural, but in this particular scene, it was like I thought she was oh, one no. of the best characters in the movie. Me too, and one of the better actors. Me too, other than this scene. Yeah. So the guys are on their way to town when they run out of gas, which Steve says is impossible because he already filled it. But unfortunately, this means they have to just leave their vehicle in the middle of the road yep. and walk the rest of the way. And it's like a in the middle of of the one lane road. Yeah. <laughs> 
You can't do that. So the uh, bait guy Mm -hmm. tells Lila that history just keeps repeating itself. Over and Starting over Starting in the again. 40s, and it was probably reincarnation because they all looked alike. Um, a small boy has always survived the killings. Which is does not come into play in this particular movie. And then the sheriff comes in and tells her that the guy is lying to her. And he's, oh, he's tall and tell, telling tall, tall tales. tales. But... And he, the sheriff is constantly admonishing other people. How could you believe this nonsense? I know, blah, he's blah, very blah. inconsistent with how he is viewing this like supernaturalness. Because I was going to say, he believes this more than anyone else in the <laughs> entire movie. We've already seen him say like, oh, I've got a weird feeling about this. Uh, something just doesn't sit right. It's my <laughs> sheriff senses. And then the boys get there. Uh in the middle of horsing around. They're always mm-hmm. in the middle of horsing around. Uh, ha, ha, he, ha, ha. Is this a straight guy thing? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, well, in this sort of horsing around is like a Calvin Klein ad horsing around. They're like, yeah. Or Three Stooges. Yeah. Or it's like they, they're they like always like running around each other and like, like oh, like uh, we'll do high five, fist bump. I guess we're also to believe that these are the three hottest guys in the universe. It. Because Lila immediately starts flirting with both Steve and Albert, and then Bobby, too. Well, I mean, Steve is Mario Lopez, but yeah. I don't know if you knew that. I mean, all of the women in this movie are like, wow, these guys are so hot. They're, Everyone ooh, wants to bone so them. Cute. It's Who weird. Wouldn't? I don't know. I'm not saying they're unattractive. I'm just saying, like, I don't usually know. it's not the topic Reel of conversation in. in multiple scenes. Pretty normal looking dudes. Yes. So they we are. see that Clearwater uh, is just at a tent in the middle of the woods staring, staring into, into the, the fire. fire, which he does for most of his screen time. Yes. Uh, there's smoke boiling out of the lake. Lila's walking home through the woods. And a wolf howls. Awoo. The lake starts bubbling. Albert senses something and takes his glasses off. This is amongst the worst synth music in the movie. And then a wolf comes out and chases Lila with its glowing eyes into the woods. And then she gets killed being attacked by an invisible uh, wolf. And it eats her to death, basically. That's a shame. I thought she was a very likable character. Her cutting through the woods was bizarre because I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know where she was going. Exactly. Um... The guys get back to their truck and they go to fill the tank and mm-hmm. it's totally full. Whoa, Ooh, like to the brim. Spooky. E- even though they've driven all the way here, they literally can't put another drop of gas into the car. <laughs> so away they go. Seemingly not getting their deposit back? They make a deal of being like... Well, maybe they think they're going to use the gas for something else before they return oh, true, it at like, the true, end true, of the true, weekend. True. Like maybe for the boats or That's something true. like that. But I, I was just like, their whole their whole get down, I was kind of like not feeling. Because <laughs> if it was in walking distance, wouldn't you stay with the groceries? Not like, I have to carry these groceries back to the car. Nothing in this movie makes sense. But exactly. I mean, it's especially showcased in that they go to great lengths to show you that it's fall we get to see a lot of mm-hmm. beautiful autumn foliage mm-hmm. and then back at the house christy's admiring herself in a bikini because they're all going swimming oh yeah it's definitely Shit. too cold for swimming i didn't even catch it's that. obviously fall yes uh sarah's like you look great in that yeah she seems a little different now we could sort of tell that something's up with sarah she's more mature she calls christy a bitch under her breath 
Why? And then stares at them while they fish and fuck around in the water well, outside. And like truly fucking around. I wrote chaos at the lake. They're driving the boat around. How are you supposed to catch a fucking fish? There's this really dumb, like, quote unquote, scare where a mysterious hand grabs Danielle and drags her behind the shed. But it's just Bobby goofing around. Just Bobby being Bobby, terrifying <laughs> the girls. Yeah. Um, elsewhere in Fever Lake, they cart Lila's body off and... The sheriff gets Clear Sprig's vision. Psychic message, which is just his face. Yeah. He really can't seem to decide if he believes this or not. (laughs) Evil is coming, is what uh, Clear Sprig says. Yeah. And it's like... I don't think we really needed this B story with the sheriff. No. uh, Well, I mean, we probably did for the runtime, but... Like, in terms of... He was the biggest name in the movie. Well, maybe Corey Ham was the biggest name in the movie. But I, by this time, his career had dwindled. This whole, like, there's there's a, a there's a ancient Indian spirit, and, and uh-huh. he's going to come talk to you the whole time, and no one's going to listen to It's just yeah, like... Yeah, it's a little much. So Sarah goes up into the attic to poke around, and she finds a trunk filled with old clothes. And she loves a sash or a And then shawl. along comes the sheriff, just letting him into the house mm-hmm. to have a look around. Do, well, do, do. And then Sarah catches him. She brings him down to the lake to tell them to stay in the house because Lila was killed by a wolf and is dead. And they're all like, come on, sheriff. You, like, first of all, like, what are you doing here, you yeah. ignorant slut? How dare you come into this house? Fine, this I'll come down. I'll listen to what you have to say. This ought to be good. What? Too much partying? And he's like, actually, this lovely young woman died, and everyone in the town is very upset about it. Well, Sarah's supposed to be sort of evil, right? I know, but like even one of the other girls is like, uh, well, Christy is immediately like, I'm gonna puke because she feels so upset Uh yeah and then albert is like well we can't let this ruin our weekend come on guys this whole thing is being driven by sarah and albert keeping them there and trying to be like time is a flat circle yeah who is the young boy this is what i want to know i think still Corey haim dumb because he's also the dad then the sheriff drives off, um, but then he has car trouble, mm-hmm. and then Clear appears, and the sheriff accuses him of being responsible for everything. Which is like, come and and like you doing this for the tourists and for they attention, love looking at you, just for attention. That's why I had an acid flashback of your face back yeah. there. No other reason. And back at the house, uh, they're all drinking, snacking, enjoying the fire. They're having a great time inside. Sarah tells them all about her inspiration that she's been struck with. She's going to turn this term paper into the people being murdered at the lake. Yes. and uh, No one says it had to be true. The professor will finally see just how anomalous she is. So, I mean, okay. Initially, you wanted to write this to become the editor of the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying, well, I'll just write fiction. It's kind of a big jump. Yes. From editing a newspaper to, to writing full murder yeah. fiction <laughs> about your friends being murdered. Yes. the There's like a search party trying to find the wolf yes. in the woods. Uh, they say they can't find anything. So they're giving up for the night, much to the sheriff's chagrin. Um, and then back at the house, they decide to play truth or dare. Albert which, has no idea how to play, which I guess because he was in a mental institution. Oh, 
LLC. It's another. It's yeah, a, that's like a penny in the pie. Right there. Um, and they explain truth or dare to us because <sighs> I guess no one knows what truth or dare is. And then Christy goes yeah, to get a drink. Beer. The power goes off. Um, and then Sarah appears in like a underlit blue light. She's holding a candle. candle. Ah, staring directly into the camera. Ah. And she dares them all to play a game with her. It's hide and seek. She, she's going to be it and the rest of them can hide. You know, there's no way these college kids are going to play hide and seek just for the hell of it. <laughs> they, you have truth or dare first, then on hide to and it. seek. Yes. Uh, Christy goes down into the basement. Albert and Danielle go outside to make out. Bobby is also in the basement, yeah. having gotten there somehow before Christy. And he scares her. And they also start making it. And then... And Steve is just sort of on the periphery, creeping around, watching <laughs> Albert and Danielle make out. He loves it. Uh, until Albert starts vibing out with this evil, and the smoke starts coming out of the Uh-oh. lake. Um the sheriff has a vision of a little boy with a knife uh, and clearer springs is just staring into the fire as he does. And then Albert runs off into the night, leaving Danielle alone. Yeah. there. So there's part of it is where Albert's just staring into the night. Danielle is presumably what asleep against his shoulder. All of this. Maybe she was sucking on his neck or Maybe. something. I don't know. I thought it was weird. There's a very funny shot of Sarah's laptop where it says, the evil is here. Oh, no. I love how these spirits know how to use modern tech. <laughs> this is while she's searching around the house for people. Hello. But she takes time to stare out the window ominously and, and put her shawl on. Her her ugly knit shawl. And then she finds a cameo necklace and there's another tarantula. But this time she's totally cool with she it. She loves it. And that's, I guess, how you know that she's possessed or some shit. Danielle makes it back to the house. But all of the doors are locked, and the night smoke is really coming in thick. There's so much of it. Steve calls out to her, but she just, like, runs away. They can't, she can't hear him. Sarah finds an axe in the attic, which she's really stoked about. Yeah. Uh, She loves smiling ominously, Sarah. She's bathing this axe in her, uh, her flashlight light yeah and and while this like hide and seek game is going on the sheriff is wandering the woods looking for the wolf by himself i guess um so in the basement christy and bobby get axed bay of blood friday the 13th part two style yeah it's like through bobby's back um eh. and there this is when it gets introduced there are two axes i think there is just one i think it's just oversight I guess it must yeah. be because it was very frustrating. I think it was to me. poorly uh, edited. Like it was probably out of order mm, of how it was supposed to be, I maybe. See. I don't know. Um, Steve steps in an animal trap, yeah. but Danielle finds him. His ankle is hurt, but he has literally zero reaction to He's this. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's just a. It, it's just my ankle. It's fine. I'm not an invalid. So the two of them go to the cars to take Steve to the hospital. I did like Danielle at this part where she's just like, nope, they won't even miss us. We're getting in this car. We're leaving right now. Well, and then Steve was like, okay. I like, got to go wipe the window. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like at first like, great job, Steve, for for just listening to exactly yeah. what she says and agreeing to it. But on the other hand, he's being such a little baby. Yeah. Well, he has I got to go wipe down the bang window. As slow as possible. And there's steam on the inside. Yeah. So. And then he disappears. And then the passenger door opens. 
And she screams. She screams because I, I guess she sees Albert, right? It's Albert with the axe covered in blood. It must be. Um, and she runs away. She trips over Steve's body. Oh, no. And then she runs back to the car. She Smart. gets in it. Of course it won't start. Uh, I did like her commitment to just trying to get the fuck out of there. I don't necessarily think she needed to die. No, not um, at all. And she dies off screen. It's just sort of hinted at because someone's right smashing the window with the axe. And she can't run fast enough. It doesn't even show her get out of the, no. the thing. It just shows the axe at the window a few times. Um, and in the woods, the wolf pushes the sheriff down a hill. Yeah, I really like this because he takes quite the tumble. Yeah. The gun goes <laughs> flying, but he still manages to get a hold of it and get some shots off. And didn't really need to happen. Like, I, oh, there's no resolution not. to the sheriff. In, like, he doesn't come to the house or anything. He's just wandering in the woods. Doesn't he get out of his car because a tree branch falls? Oh, does he? I don't remember, but I feel like he does. And there, there is definitely a scene where that happens to him. And the fucking tree branch just looks like, like, bloop. Like yeah. it just falls like vertically. <laughs> so <laughs> bad. We go back to the cottage. We see that Albert is covered in blood mm-hmm. with his weird eyes. He's typing. And then there were three oh. on the laptop. So he goes down to the body to retrieve the axe. And then he goes upstairs to Sarah, who tells him about what happened at the beginning. Um, It was seemingly him and his mother, except it was definitely the 40s. Yes. And her face starts getting old old and In a weird way. And rotting with pus and And blood. It was pretty funny. Yes. Um, And and then he axes her up. Question, though. Who were the three left? Um... There's the two of them. Yeah. And then the third guy. Or girl. Is the sheriff the third? I guess. Does the sheriff die? See, I think that this was probably supposed to be before Danielle uh, in the car. And that makes sense. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, there's also that scene of, like, the fire exploding on Clear Spring. He's yeah. like, ah, I'm dead now. Oh no, this sucks so bad. And then uh, the other thing I noticed when the sheriff is like going to drive there and help them, he he's getting out of a single bed in his, his yeah. like, crappy apartment. <laughs> it's probably the same house, that, just a different bedroom. But the idea of that made me so sad. <laughs> Him with his terrible, like high cut bowl cut. Yeah. Sleeping in a single bed alone, sheriff of this cursed lake town. Yikes. <laughs> what a life. This Sarah transformation was pretty funny. It really it's was. It's mummy. Because it was like, because again, of... that doesn't make sense because the mom was trying to save the kid. <laughs> and maybe it's trying to be like, oh, you actually remembered it wrong. But that doesn't make any sense. Because we, because saw, we it. saw it at the beginning. <laughs> She gets axed up. Um, the next day, the deputy and the diner owner Marge. tell us everything that happened instead yeah. of showing us. Um, Albert was apparently insane, and he killed his foster mother. Yeah. Um, they do, like, a slow zoom in on the diner owner. And she's like, uh, because because uh, he's like, you know, them two girls, it's so sad what happened to them. And she's like, but there were three girls. And he's like, nope, they only found two. So I guess Sarah's body 
right? Is the mm, implication that it was missing? I because, guess. Because it boiled up? I guess. And then Marge's face, she's like having a stroke or something. It's zoomed up like a, like it's Silence of the Lambs. Uh-huh. Jonathan Van Damme. <laughs> and it's like, Ooh. Jonathan Van Damme. <laughs> Demi or whatever his name is. Just Jonathan Demi, yeah. Jonathan Demi, <laughs> yes. I'm really bad at every name. So then we get our, f- and the sheriff pulls up to the house with a gas tank and starts dousing it. Uh, but clear clear water tells him it won't burn he should accept what the spirits tell us and then he lights up a molotov and instead of throwing it through the window yeah he he just like smushes it on the steps (laughs) you could really tell they they didn't want to accidentally burn down this house but like and then the fire goes up and then it immediately goes down so more gas. Yeah. Oh, but it won't light, light even when he's putting his lighter right up to it. Clear looks out over the lake. The steam starts bubbling up. And then he has a weird narration about the evil finally being at rest. The evil is finally at rest. Until next time. The end. Which makes no sense given everything that we've learned. What about what happened? Maybe because there was no boy that it broke the curse? Is that maybe it? I I mean, that's a great inference. Uh, wow, I can't believe I'm asking for stuff to be more spelled out to me. Well, this movie it's is just nonsense. unclear what was the intention was yeah. in parts of it, to me, anyways. Yes. Like I said, this still like has a soft spot in oh, my heart course. for sure. Um, I didn't like there wasn't a point during watching it where I was like, "Oh God, is this almost over?" Um, I mean, nothing really happens until the last fifteen minutes. No, but <laughs> nothing. Uh, there isn't a lot of character development. Like you, I guess you sort of do. Bobby gets character development. I mean, Sarah starts out as like, "I'm the." I'm the more reserved girl with yeah. ambition. But then, then she's she turns, corrupted yeah. and whatever. It was like... Because to, she has brown hair. It was like one of the YA novels we hear about on the podcast we listen to. Yeah, plus it was very obviously her in the opening scene. Yes. So I don't know what we were supposed to get from that. <laughs> like, it would have made more sense if they showed that later in the movie as it was like a reveal, like, oh, like, ah. she was the mother. Yeah. Like if we saw it from like the kids' POV. Yeah. Nah. I don't know. How else could you have opened it? Uh, I kind of liked it. Well, they had the flashback of the kid killing the foster mother. They could have had yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. As the opening. I liked the that shot that was sort of like a giallo of like the crane shot outside of the house. It could have even just been that where we don't really get a close up. We see her putting the kid up in the attic. Yeah. The, and then um, getting killed. The like Lila getting killed by the wolf thing in the middle did also remind me of something that would be in like a yellow movie. Yes. Where it's just like uh, like in Tanabray. Random girl chasing. gets chased by dogs exactly. to death. And it was very <laughs> scary. That was such a scary part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Uh it, I'm glad that we finally got to watch this again because I've tried to find it for years and can't. Oh, good. Um, so it was nice to see it on Prime Video while we have our trial still. 
And what a trial it is. I think we have it for another couple days. Okay, we'll have yeah. to watch every movie. <laughs> so the Six Degrees of Jamie Lee for this movie is that Corey Haim was in Fast Getaway with Leo Rossi, who was in Halloween 2 with Jamie Lee Curtis. Fast Getaway. Yeah. Better than a slow one if you're robbing a bank, I guess. That's what I learned from Point Break. I think next week we might start our Halloween Hell yeah. episodes. Um, I'm not sure, though. We'll see. We'll have to listen to we'll our to, like, old plan ones, it out. as yeah. you said, to learn which pumpkin beers we didn't like. Yeah. And which ones we did. Exactly. And won't so... you come along with us to rediscover that? <laughs> I always like our Halloween episodes. Me too. It's how we discovered Haunted Ween, which is now oh, a staple a for us. movie. Yeah. Um, well, actually, we discovered Haunted Ween like six months before our Halloween episodes. And then we were like, oh, okay, well, we have to watch this again. And talk it to so it, good. talk about it on the Halloween. You know it. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, we are definitely First Blood on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Def First Blood on Twitter. Or you can email us, definitely First Blood, at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. For pointing your ears our way. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Oh, our dogs are restless. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.